Hello, friends, and welcome or welcome back to the Skeleton Grin Podcast, your favorite podcast for all things spiritual. If you are new here, my name is Alice B. Skellender. I am a seasoned tarot card reader, a spiritual enthusiast, and a manifestation babe working on my own journey and using this podcast to share with you my favorite tips, tricks, and techniques. Without further ado, let's dive right into today's wonderful episode. Welcome to another enlightening episode of the Skellington Grin Podcast. I'm your host, Alice B. Skellinger, and today we're diving deep into a topic that I've covered before, but that is still as relevant as ever. Faith, religion, spirituality, and the power of manifestation. Join me as I share my personal journey as a Celtic pagan and eclectic witch and how I found that path for myself, exploring this path less traveled and the unique beliefs that guide my life. Before we dive in, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to tune into this episode, whether you found me organically or you found me through social media. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Whenever people hear the terms pagan and witch, it often conjures up a mix of curiosity and misconception. So allow me to demystify that today. For me, being a pagan, specifically an eclectic pagan with a Celtic centrality, means connecting with the natural world and embracing ancient wisdoms while harnessing the energy of the universe to co-create and shape my reality. I've also mentioned before that I do partake in deity work, and often I have worked with different gods and goddesses. After dabbling for a couple of years in magical and spiritual practices that weren't close to me, I found paganism and Wicca. And lately I've noticed that I resonate more with Celtic paganism and Wiccan practices again versus the Norse and Hellenic sects of paganism that I resonated with for about a year and a half um, from 2021 to 2022. About two years ago, I accepted the Morrigan as my matron goddess and have worked with both her and Hecate as well as some other gods and goddesses across different sects of paganism. For about a year, a year and a half, I worked with Persephone, I worked with Freya, I worked with the Morrigan as my matron goddess, I worked with Hecate as I was first starting out, I worked with Jormungandr, Odin, Thor, and For a while, I was very drawn to Norse paganism, and then I recognized as I took some time for myself that I was drawn to it during a pivotal moment in my life and because of a connection to a friend that I had, and then that wound up fading, and I wound up finding a new chapter and a new path for myself. From October 2022 to June of this year, I closed myself off to my practice due to some life circumstances and now only have the one Celtic goddess, the Morrigan, in 
in my workings, and I also work with one Norse goddess, the goddess Freya, at her approval. As I ease back into my practice, I may find along the way that other deities also connect or reconnect with me. And for those of you who are curious specifically about deity work, I will be discussing this in a later episode, so be sure to keep an eye on your notifications for that. One of the cornerstones of my personal belief system and practice, and the reason why I call myself an eclectic pagan, is because I practice manifestation. Manifestation, at its core, is the idea that our thoughts, intentions, and energy can shape the world around us. But it's not just about wishful thinking, as a lot of people have come to believe and a lot of other people have started to profess that it is. It's actually about aligning our actions and mindset with our desires. Manifestation can be seamless and effortless, but it's not always instantaneous. I have found specifically that for me, manifesting also requires consistent, inspired action and a healthy level of discipline, which I know what you're thinking is easier said than done. And I still sometimes think that way. I'm human. I'm still working on my progress. But in short, if I want something, I'm going to first listen to the desire and then meditate on that desire and find where it's coming from. After that, I'm going to take the inspired action that comes to me through a practice of meditating and allow my intuition to guide me in my decision making and my creative endeavors. I've also found that incorporating movement into my practice, whether it's through walking, dancing, yoga, or even joining a fitness plan, can work so many wonders. Not only does it help relieve physical pain, but it can also reduce stress and tension, allowing me to become more receptive to the universe's energies. And something that I've specifically done multiple times over with my practice is something called shadow work which I will get to in another episode. I've done an episode on it before, but I feel like it's time to update that. And after doing that shadow work and going through the process of trauma healing and therapy, which I've also spoken about in other episodes, I've noticed that there is a practice in psychological medicine and spiritual medicine called somatic healing. And what somatic healing does, and this is something that I really enjoy because it has helped me to move so many things around in my life and turn myself around, somatic healing allows you the space to move your body in specific ways, usually in ways that are a little akin to yoga, to release any stored tension and trauma in your body. And a lot of somatic healing practices focus on the places where we carry this the most, such as in our shoulders, our back, our lower back, our hips, our pelvic region, our feet, our ankles, and sometimes even in our knees, um, as well as our chest, because those are places where we can really hold that tension in our physical body. Whenever we feel our shoulder muscles tense up or whenever we feel our lower back start to ache and it feels almost debilitating or we feel like we're not able to get comfortable while we're sitting down because our hips are hurting, that could be an indicator of that stored 
trauma and that stored stress and that stored tension from years and years and years of negative and and sometimes even toxic experiences but when we allow ourselves the space to maybe move that out of our body and release that tension then we can start to turn around and we can start to heal ourselves in many different ways Think about it like going to the chiropractor. When the chiropractor is working out all of those kinks in your body and and getting out all of those knots in your body, the knots that you might feel at the back of your neck from craning your neck a certain way or the knots that you might feel along your spine because you're sitting a certain way or because you've had a back injury or a knee injury or anything like that and you're working with a chiropractor to kind of flex your body and move your body in certain ways to where you can relieve that and and they'll crack your they'll crack your neck or they'll um or they'll crack your your feet or they'll you know align your spine and you're just like and you sometimes even start to cry because you don't feel that pain anymore that is very similar to what somatic healing feels like and if you would like to know more about somatic healing I will talk about that in another episode as well and talk about my own experience with somatic healing and how it started to work for me Another thing that has helped me strengthen my relationship with my practice and harness my power lately, especially as a manifester, is meditation, and especially meditation through grounding techniques and breathwork. Now you might be wondering, how in the hell does meditation, breathwork, and grounding techniques fit in all of this? Like, what the fuck is this for in relation to being a pagan and being a witch? Think of these techniques like anchors that keep us rooted in the present moment. Through meditation, we can tap into the stillness within, fostering a deeper connection with our inner selves and the universe. And that includes our practice. And that includes the community in which we enthrall ourselves into when we join a specific practice. And that could be religious practices as well. That could be Buddhism and, of course, paganism. When you are entering into this communal state, you are also connecting with a collective consciousness. And what is collective consciousness but a branch, a branching off of the universe? Breathwork, on the other hand, can help us harness the power of our breath to balance our energies and promote clarity of mind as well as to get centered in our body. Grounding techniques like connecting with the earth or surrounding ourselves with crystals and herbs serve as a reminder of our connection to the larger cosmos. Again, bringing us back to that connection to community and connection to that collective consciousness when we are joining a sect or we are joining a group or we are joining a practice. It really does help to connect us even if we're finding our own footing with that practice because not every thing of a practice is going to resonate with every person who practices it and not every deity is going to connect with every person who practices wicca or who practices norse paganism or who practices hellenic paganism not every deity and not every rule not every spell not every potion not every manifestation technique is going to resonate with every single person and that's totally okay but even in that you still find this connection 
to a larger scale and a larger collective consciousness. Now, lastly, I want to address a question I've been asked countless times by several different people and more often than not by my family. But you do believe in God, right? It's a question that often arises when discussing unconventional paths of faith. And I'm sure anyone who's listening to this podcast who is following an unconventional path of faith, quote unquote, has probably heard this from their families. And another question that might coincide with that is, well, where do you think you go when you die? And what do you think about heaven and hell? And what, well, well, what happens to your soul? What happens to your body? Well, we all know what happens to our body. It decomposes. (laughs) Like, blunt, blunt honesty here. Your body, no matter whether or not you are cremated, or you are buried, or anything, your body's going to decompose. Your body is the most impermanent part of your 3D experience. Really. And what happens to your soul is pretty much, we don't know. We have no real idea of what happens to a soul when a body passes on. We've seen, of course, representations and evidence of reincarnation. We've seen representations and evidence of a soul not being reincarnated and simply living one lifetime or giving out after it has lived multiple lifetimes and just going on into an ether. And we have seen representations of angels and demons and all of these different things. These are things that we are able to connect with, Um, especially when you're following an unconventional path. You might connect more with spirits who have yet to pass on, or ghosts as we might call them, or spirits who might be potentially harmful, especially potentially harmful spirits that haven't passed on. And We never really truly know what happens to the soul. We can only assume that something is going to happen to it that is for its highest potential. But while my beliefs might not align with traditional monotheistic concepts, I do hold a deep reverence for the universe as the one true infinite source. The universe is the first source that we can even think of. We, we hear the different scientific theories that the universe started from the Big Bang. And one of the things that I do want to highlight with that is that something called the God particle existed or exists. But at the same time, the way that we think about God and Jesus and all of these different things that we are able to learn about today from different religions and different ideologies. They were not in the image that we think of them today. So we don't know truly if it was created and how it was created. But we do know, especially when it comes to people like Jesus, for example, that he was a real person 
and that he did do these miraculous things and that even though they were miraculous they maybe weren't as ostentatious as maybe we we like to think that they are or as maybe they are presented to be um but that's another story for another time Back to holding a deep reverence for the universe as the one infinite source. The reason that I hold a deep reverence for the universe as the one true infinite source is because it is a force that transcends religious boundaries and reminds us all that we are interconnected. We are all made up of atoms. We are all made up of molecules. We are all made up of particles. We are all made up of different cells that replicate and multiply to create a human. So we all come from the same concept of mitochondrial DNA <laughs> and and then we are here then we are here and we are born and we are allowed this space to be able to live a human existence and a human experience and we are all interconnected the beauty of my journey and the message that The overall message that I wish to share is that spirituality is not a one-size-fits-all endeavor. Just as no two paths through a forest are identical, no two individuals' spiritual journeys are going to be the same. While I embrace my pagan and witchcraft practices, I firmly believe that each person should explore and define their own relationship with faith in the divine, including their relationship with God, with Jesus, with any other deity, with um, with the Bible, with different parts of the Bible, with Exodus or Ephesians or Corinthians or anything like that. However you interpret it is however you were going to interpret it. And whatever you decide to do with that is your choice. I also want to note that as no two individuals' journeys are the same and as spirituality is not a one-size-fits-all endeavor... I also have this boundary in place for myself where no one is allowed to speak to me in a way that is condescending to my practices and that I refuse to allow that to even happen to my children. My children are still developing and still learning. So therefore, I feel strongly as a parent now um I am a step parent I have two stepchildren um and whatever their other parents decide is right for them that's fine that's fine by me but I personally knowing that I want another child in the future will not allow someone to give my child materials that I don't want them having until I feel like they are capable enough to understand it on their own and as I understand that the brain doesn't fully develop until a certain age I want my child to come to me with curiosity of different things and maybe when they are a child older than the age of 10 or or so and they're like hey I saw this and they and they come to me with a copy of the holy bible I'll be like, okay, you want a copy of the Holy Bible? Cool. Or they come to me um, having gone through my things and found one of my witchcraft books. And they're like, hey, can you teach me about this? Okay, cool. 
but until that until the time that they are able to make that decision for themselves i do not want to introduce things to my children that were introduced to me that made me feel like i was a sinner if i went against them, if i went against them so that's where i'm at with that <laughs> So to those who might be curious about walking the path less traveled, I encourage you to be bold and I also encourage you to set the right boundaries for yourself, even when it comes to family relations, for example. Embrace the unique tapestry of your beliefs and don't be afraid to seek out your own truths, even if you'll face scrutiny and adversity. Remember, spirituality isn't confined by dogma. It's a journey of self-discovery that knows no bounds. As we wrap up this episode, I want to leave you with a thought. In a world as vast and as diverse as ours, there's room for every belief, every perspective, and every path. Embrace the magic within you. Connect with the energy around you. And allow your journey to be a testament to the beautiful tapestry of the human experience and of spirituality. Thank you for joining me on this enlightening episode of this exploration of faith, manifestation, and the power of embracing your own unique path. Until next time, stay curious, stay open, and keep weaving your own tapestry of belief. Blessed be, I love you. Alice B. Signing out. friend, Alice here. I just want to take a moment to thank you for tuning into this episode and supporting the Skellington Grin podcast. Whether you found it organically, you've been here since the beginning, or you're tuning in due to finding me on social media. If you liked today's episode, feel free to leave a rating and subscribe to the podcast for more deep dives into spirituality, growth, manifestation, and more. You can find the Spotify link to my manifesting playlist in the podcast description, as well as the links to connect with me on Instagram and TikTok. Have a great day and keep tuning in for more episodes of the Skellington Grid Podcast. Till next time.